Hello, Blood Bowl Grud here. Now I'm only introducing the Tier 3 podcast because they've promised me a big bag of money and the chance to touch Bob Bifford without him noticing. Hello everybody and welcome to the show. I hope you're all doing well. With me, as usual, is the man that needs no introduction, but I will do this anyway. He is the man, the myth, the legend. It's Beard. Beard, do you want to say hello? Hello, everybody. How's you all doing? How are you doing, Jay? Or should I say, how are you doing, Lord Jay? Well, I'm all right, but Finally changed my uh, naff name to go along with the Lord title now. On your behest, because you kept asking about it. So, that's all done. But it's been a good month for me, but It's been interesting i've come to some realizations about myself mostly that i'm a very weak-willed individual but uh <laughs> we'll talk about that later on with hobby i think so shall we get started a bit because we've got some was it hobby we could talk about which is we've been to our first event of 2022 we have which is midwinter madness how did you find midwinter madness my boy it was madness it lived up to the name we were up silly early and we we went to Cheltenham it was a cracking venue it was in a pub right in a town centre run by our mate Alistair a really nice guy it was a case of you took your team and you got two skills per round depending upon your tier and you might have got less you might have got more and it was it was it was it was a doubles event and I don't know about you but I really enjoyed it we played a mix of teams dice screwed me in some games decision screwed me in others but I was I was I was really happy with my uh, how mine went especially when I took Bert the fastest dwarf in a West what about you? How did you go at Midwinter Madness? Well, I think I was the one that held the team back, to be honest, but You took Dwarves, you said? I took Dwarves, yeah. Do you want to explain your team, if you can remember it? Remember it rightly. It was one runner, two blitzers, two troll slayers, all linemen, and then you got to build up to two mercs. I had one higher strength merc, just as a, as a punching guy, and then I had... But, as I say, fastest uh, dwarf in the West. My uh, Christmas chainsaw painted dwarf runner. Movement 7, block, agility 2. Like I say, no catching that little slippery little fucking dwarf. Even though a few teams did punch him down. Uh, especially Oaks. But yeah, first game I picked up a win. And I think you managed to draw first game? I drew first game, yes. So we, we started relatively well. And then it just went downhill. <laughs> yes, and I think that's mostly me because I think I had, I think I had two draws, two losses. What did you take in the end? Oh well, as I pointed out to uh, most of my opponents, team is affectionately known as pro elves. But when I rolled dice, amateur as fuck elves. That's what they were. Ashamed to call themselves elves. Oh, how, how can I explain it? Right, I I failed seven two plus dodges on the t- on the trot. And I think I was by turn two at uh, game two, and I was just like, I shouldn't have fucking walking up today, like, and you know, because like, who, who fails a two plus dodge? You know, it, it was simple things. And if I needed like a five plus dodge, they go in and pick up the ball on a six. I done them, and then failed getting out. What the fuck does that? They, they done the hard bit, but the bit they should have done naturally just wasn't happening at all. Oh, dude, I was I was so thankful that I had some patient opponents because if I uh, didn't, I think uh, they would have thought I was mad. When I was just screaming at my when I was screaming at my players <laughs> because of my poor dice rolling and it was it was literally it was all down to dice and a lot of my opponents turned around and said well it wasn't due to your decisions it was just the dice you couldn't roll very well I I struggled I really did and it was like I said it was like the easiest dodges and I could I think one game I dodged. But I couldn't throw the ball. That was one of my draw games. I couldn't dodge. That's what the game I lost. I had another game where I couldn't tackle. And I lost that game. And then I drew the last game, which was the game where everyone turned on and said, right, fuck it. Let's just do daft things. Yeah. Grace of God, I think. Grace of Nuffle by the end of it that I managed the, the second draw. Like. Never mind managing a second draw. I think you managed to keep your own sanity by that point, given some of your dice oh, rolls. Yeah. I, I was ready to like park up on the bridge on the way home and just send them all to sea. <laughs> but no, we 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 did. We had a good we had a good laugh, which is the main thing. Well, yes, that was the main thing. We made we made made some new friends. We caught up with some old friends. We did. And as I promised out, I'm gonna I got made a note about two people that we played. Leighton and Ash. They were our last two opponents. Who I think 
realise how badly we play. I think Ash was your opponent with Corn, and yeah. Maiton was mine with Nurgle. I managed to draw mostly because I was like, oh, well, fuck it, should we, should we not play the last score, please? In my game, I think we'd both, I think I'd certainly had a couple of beers, but we just sat there egging each other on to do stupid stuff because we knew th- we knew dice either weren't happening or we were rolling ridiculously high and then ridiculously ro- low. And we just egged each other on, like, God, just fucking kill him for once. And, you know, it was... I had a lot of fun in that game. Usually when you get to a last game of a three-game event, this was a four-game event, but when you get to the last game of a three-game and you've not really got a right lot to play for, sometimes you do feel a little bit like, am I playing through the motions a bit? Or, yeah, you feel a bit deflated that notes at. This just felt like, you know, like you said, we'd just gone, fuck it, let's have a have a bit of a laugh on this table. And it, 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 was, yeah. it was. a It was a good old game. I really enjoyed the last one. Yeah, it wasn't he was like sneezing at you were dwarves sometimes, and uh, they were just disappearing, weren't they? Oh, they were disappearing, but then there were times where I put his players down and armor brick double one. So I've I've gone straight through him, stripped his armor off, and we chucked a pillow under him and a duvet just as he hits the grass and fucked him in the ass. What? It might it might as well have done because he weren't doing all else. As much as we sound like we're mourning. It was an amazing day out, and it was nice to catch up with Alistair. Nice to catch up with Thor. Yep. And uh, Fat Boy Slimming. We had a couple of uh, the boys from our local league turn up as well. It was good to spend the day out with them as well. Yep, there was a strong uh, South Welsh contingent there. Oh, yeah. But um, no, we saw a couple of faces which we haven't seen since Thread. So I was I was thankful to see them and, you know, have as much of a, a cut as you could during Covid times. We also, also saw Bim. It was always good to catch up with Bim and I like spending time with Bim. We are planning now for our sec- second tournament now which is going to be Cardiff Cup isn't it? So that's coming in February. And that is held by 20 Phoenix at Firestorm. Well known on the Welsh scene. It's it's a rather interesting pack. It's known for being high TV and high skill package or high in this instance high star player points because you can your skills where you want. We've done a little bit of prep for that so far. Yeah we'll go into that afterwards I think but because yeah. we don't want to bomb people too much with our hobby until afterwards because we've got a lot to talk about because this is the Norse episode we're going to be talking Norse later on oh Norse oh is this some bad pun go on finish your bad pun no that was it it was so bad it was shit it will come along with a bad pun just not yeti I will send you to Jesus and carry on <laughs> right so yes we will uh, <laughs> we will look at that after bad puns and all thank you fucking beard <laughs> We'd have to make do with beard bad pens for now. We're going to talk a little bit of Coop and Drag, but we have started in a new league, haven't we? So it's, what's this, Yobble Season 8? Yobble Season 8, yeah. Yes. So do you want to tell people what this is about? So it's our local league up in Merthyr, run by uh, Voice of Jericho in Yold Exchange in the pub, uh, where we get together on a Monday night. It sort of runs over seven, eight weeks, and then top four playoffs. Matt ran this with an idea of giving us so many star player points, so you could, I think it was 18 star player points, so you could either build a star, or you could choose three primary skills on three players, or you could take up to six random skills. So there were different ways of doing distributing your star player points it was basically to give you a leg up as if you'd either played a couple of games or played a pre-season friendly or yeah it's, it's an interesting mix of teams this year we do have the usual rule of last season's winner has to go stunties so that means Ian has uh, brought his goblins along what team have you taken? I've taken Chaos Dwarfs so how have you set up your Chaos Dwarfs? is it the usual Chaos Dwarfs Centaurs Hobgoblins no minor or have you done it a different way? So no Mino because it's a league and I don't want the Mino to just be a failure every t- every game. At a tournament I'd probably take a Mino just for you know, shits and giggles because you know as we're not there to win tournaments. But for the league I've done six Chaos Dwarfs. I have done two Centaurs each with block. I've done four Hobgoblins, one with Dirty Player. Three rerolls, I want to say two or three rerolls, and that's that's my best team. These were the Grebo Chaos Dwarfs that I've been painting up through December and January, and they do look lovely. Fair play. Thank you. I do appreciate that. I I'd gone like we said on a previous episode. I'd gone all out making the bases with Milliput, tested a few different techniques, done a lot more work with contrast, metallics, and so on. So yeah, I wanted to give them a few few games out and what have you. But yeah, I thought I'd, I'd try something different from last year. Uh, what have you uh, What have you gone with, with this year's league? Right, well I've gone Corn, which I know a couple of episodes ago I said I don't think Corn are ever going to be for me. They just seem very soft hitting team. But I thought, I don't know what, give them a crack because it might change my mind, you know, because it's different looking at something on paper than it is using them. Because you look at Black Oaks, they, 
they don't seem like they've got a lot of oomph in the team. Like, you know, you can outrun them and everything like that, but they can be a pest, which is something we've learned by playing them and seeing them out and about. So I thought, you know what, give them, give them the benefit of the doubt. So I went four corn goes, four blood seekers, three linemen, two rerolls. Yeah, that was my team. Just looked at my paper. I said, all my blood seekers, I've got a block. Make them a little bit more viable. Frenzy doesn't seem as bad then, does it? I think that's a perfectly sensible choice, and that's why I did it with the centaurs. So I took them. I felt that was a very well balanced corn team. If I had the money, I'm going against what I've said previously, but I think I would have put a blood spawn in. But that's not because of the need of a big man. It's I've played a one-off game mm. and and I played it at tournament rules and I said right, do you know what? I'm gonna play with a big guy. When you've got that extra bit of gold to play with to put the guy in, I might have just had that amazing once in a lifetime game. The fact it done damage. And the fact that he's he's got higher strength, he's got claw, so you're not having to worry about, you know, the really strong armor values as well. You would just go right like a roll an eight to yeah. get through. It's really useful. Yeah, I might have changed my mind on a big guy. I gotta have to eat my words. Like I didn't think I was going to when it comes to this blood spawn. I thought he was gonna be a bit much. But possibly I might chuck him in later in the season, depending on how the gold looks. But yeah, that league have started. We played our first game. Do you wanna talk through your first game? Uh so I played Hugh. Hugh took me by surprise with regular chaos, so it's four warriors, seven beastmen, and he gave me a good fucking spanking 2 0. We had first block, took out a player, and we were thinking, oh, here we go. Until the second half, that was pretty much it. I could stun, couldn't break any armor, couldn't KO. Start of the second half, again, got an injury and a KO to start off with. That was it until right towards the end of the half. First half, I kicked to him, looked like I was going to get the ball, and then he broke free, and off he went. Second half, my hobgoblin in the backfield just refused to pick up the ball. My Chaos Dwarves and my Centaurs just unfortunately left a gap for him to get through and too many Centaurs and not enough hobgoblins and yeah. 2-0, very well played to Hugh. I need to learn a bit more about fielding and uh, pitch control with movement four. But the Bulls did a lot of work in that game. So that, that was what it was. I enjoyed it as much as I got the loss. Managed to MVP one of my Chaos Dwarves and he's got guard. So that'll come in handy. But other than that, not not really in my favour. How did, how did you get on? Story as old as time this one was, but first game in, and the first game was against our boy Whirly, and he had Orcs, and it was Blitzers, Biggins, a couple of linemen, a thrower, and a lot of pain, because it was a 1-0 loss, but there's not a lot you can do in this high armour. Like, I might have been throwing a lot of dice, but I was not breaking armour. And, like, he deleted two of my linemen. So, like, he was outnumbering me, bullying some players. I tried to hold up, but not a lot you can do. Not a lot you can do, but... My drive was on the first one. He stopped my drive. And then we got into a bit of a ruck. Couldn't exactly break out of it. And then it was a very slow lumber up the field for his second half. And, yeah, he managed to get over. I tried to... I tried to play a couple of uh, dirty moves to get me right next to him, but like he, he couldn't fail a dodge either. So, yeah, my first game, it was a loss. So, can't complain. It was my first real outing with Corn in the league setting. So, I thought a 1-0 loss was good, especially against high-value armour. And then I think I got Amazons next. So, hopefully that will be a bit more equal footing for me now. I can't remember what skills I picked up. I think I might have got a Corn go with block it is what it is we've had an interesting couple of weeks on that front between the tournament our league and if anybody can hear me in the background i am trying to paint and talk but got some news about future episodes we are going to be having our our friend kirby on who is a commission painter and youtube channel so if you've got questions you want to ask a commission painter feel free to contact us on facebook and Twitter or direct email. Beard, what is our contacts, my friend? So if you look up on the old Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook, Tier 3 Podcast, you will find us. And the email address is tier3podcast at outlook.com. That is checked regularly, so you will get a swift reply. Yeah, if, like we say, if you've got any questions for a commission painter regarding techniques, favourite brand of paintbrushes, new starter tips, or airbrush setups, anything you can think of, drop us a message, and uh, we will make sure that when we do our interview with him, we'll fire your questions away. And don't forget, we have said we've got a YouTube channel link to him as well, so that description is going to be in the bottom. He has done a very, very nice scheme for a blood spawn, which... I'd recommend people to go and see it just to see his type of techniques. 
like I said, if you've got anything you want to ask him, don't hesitate to contact us. But B, had you got some good news yourself now, haven't you, bud? I do. Possibly, was it like another sponsor of the show? We are proud to announce arduous months of negotiating and climbing up mountains. And No, I, I joke. Through a friend of a friend, we have forged an alliance and a relationship with a company called Printed Players. And this is a 3D printing company. A good friend of ours, he's sent us some stuff down to review, which we will be having a chat about later. We have some stuff for giveaways we have some stuff for our event like i say we've had a couple of teams to review you've got your hands on one i've got my hands on another we have some blood bowl giants to paint up and review as well i could i'll happily talk about mine now if you want because like my mine's not for a tournament or anything but i can tell you i received this today because it was delivered to you so i've picked it up and everything and this team is fantastic i picked up a lizard man team and it's a full team big guy skinks and the saurus and the detail on these things are fucking incredible yeah i will say like you said i've got a giant as well and i will tell you this thing looks amazing for the blood bowl pitch as well it, it's you can't go wrong and i think a full team of this lizard man team like i said it's a full team 16 man everything that was 30 pound yeah you, you can't go wrong you, you can spend more than that to, to fill up a gw team and the big guy as well and he looks like he fits in the team not just an afterthought I, I'm blown away. If you guys want to check him out, he is on Facebook. Look for Printed Players. You will see on our page that we have shown some of his work. It's fantastic. I will say the quality is there. I w- we don't tend to say anything's good if it's shit. We, we've been fair on that type of thing. Yeah. But I, I will say straight away, I will be going to this guy again. Absolutely. I mean, I've got the I've got a team that I will be talking about a little bit later on in the episode, which we will be... Uh, we haven't decided where this team's going to go into terms of a giveaway but it is going to be going to one of you guys uh it'll either be at our event or we will do it as an episode giveaway uh we'll be discussing that at some point but yeah the orc team again like you say the big guy fits in perfectly the detail is amazing every single character is full of detail now printed players they have a range of teams at the minute we'll come on to wait and get them in a minute they've even got some of the more cartoony teams that we've discussed before that not necessarily for you jay but I've shown them to my missus and there's a couple of teams where she has said at that price if you bought one of them I'd give it a go if you are a part of the Squad Chaos Discord if you're not you should be and where have you been if you are there is a channel on there specifically for his work where you can speak to him directly he'll show you what he's got he can scale models if they need to great chap to work with as well he's looking at potentially getting nameplates in so he's he's talking to his customers about what do we want as customers not just us as a podcast but what do we want as paying customers so yeah the the work that is coming out is really good and the turnaround time as well because we've like I say we've negotiated a few things for our event there was a little bit more to add to it but teams are turning up in a matter of three and four days check him out it's fantastic and we've got a little bit of something extra on no bad I do we have a discount code which if you go to Etsy or if you go to Facebook, he prefers Facebook because you, you can see more updates from him and reviews there. And then as teams turn up, you can see when he's talking about ideas and what have you. If you give him the code tier three, you will get a snazzy little discount off your purchase as well, which is 10%. Oh, I see you. So I've managed to get you guys 10% off just for being our fantastic listeners. What can go wrong? Exactly. And every team you get as well comes with a ball token and a set of injury dice as well. Yeah, and we've looked at them as well, haven't we? Because the, the ball token as well. It's sim- similar vein to the ones that you clip onto your base. And I think it's really good. And you get that with your team. So what extra do you need when you go to this guy? I would say you, you could ask for a case as well. But if you're on the Squad Chaos Discord, as we have seen, he's even looking at storage solutions as well for teams. When you say, what more could you ask for? He's like that up player number plates and player name plates as well this guy is thinking of everything in us he's one of us he's a hobbyist what he wants and what we want he wants to help bring to the community and you can't ask more than that so what i'm going to suggest then is getting on the ground floor guys before this guy is taken away by gw to work in the it work in the resin mines talking of uh, having a look at discord channels if you haven't already and i don't know why you haven't message us and ask for a link to our discord channel as well and i think that just about covers us for now but what we're we going to do we're going to cut it by you and then when we come back, we're going to talk more about our wonderful event, Coop and Drake. And she said to me, you're not putting it in there. I'm not a halfling. <laughs> oh, hello. Blood Bowl Grud here. When I'm eating a McMurty's burger, the thing I like to do is listen to the Tier 3 podcast. Great advice. Great lads. <laughs> 
Right then, guys, we're back, and this is going to be a very short segment, but it's a segment about the Coupe and Drag event we are running. Unfortunately for everyone, we have filled up the 30-man spots, but don't feel like you've missed out so far. We've got a reserve list in effect, so if you want to put your name down and there's a possibility that anybody drops out, the earlier you get in contact with us, the quicker we can get back to you and tell you what's happening. We're taking names and NAF numbers at the moment, so that's it, be it, isn't it? It is. We do have a small FAQ, which we're going to run through in a second. At the moment, it is a 30-man event with possibility of expansion, so we'll see where we are with that reserve list before we look at expanding because as jay quite rightly said we do want to make sure that we've got a couple of people just in case the dropouts on the day and so on you know covid still being a thing and what have you so yeah shall i dive in with the small faq that we have go for it buddy explain to everyone you know what has been said to us and then we can tell them what we've decided so far but don't forget guys if you got any questions about the rule pack get in contact with us at our email address it's going to be in the notes below and me and beard will get back to you and possibly we'd have an FAQ 2 further down the line. So Beard, take it away my son. So we've had a few questions. So first of all, as we said, it is a 30-man event. This round will be a random draw and it'll be Swiss style after that. So yeah, it will be done totally at random. If you travel 200 mile and you get your mate from the same village, it happens. We will make sure it is done randomly. Regarding the skills, because in our rule pack we said primary skills are 20k and secondary skills are 40k and obviously that changes slightly when you look at the rule but primary skills will be 20k so if you took two that would be a cost of 40k if you took a primary and a secondary that would be 60k and if you took two secondaries that would be 80k as per the original rules you can take two skills per player and there is no limit to how many players you can stack the two skills on other than your gold covering the amount you need so if you can afford to give everybody two skills go for it just bear in mind you can't take any stat upgrades and you can't put any skills on any stars talking of stars we did put in the rule pack because we wrote this before the corn team were released and now that the corn team has been released obviously it's the new gw corn team rather than the old demons of corn from naf talking of mercenaries there are no mercenaries no journeymen but as we said you can take stars again as long as you've covered your 11 man roster if you'd rather spend your gold on a star than skills that's entirely up to you uh, that's pretty much it so far for our rules pack and faq i am going to update that on talk fantasy football on our facebook page and i will try and edit the naf page as well so it will have all that updated on there if you do have any questions as jay said send them in drop me a message directly because i'm the one that's messing around with the rules pack itself jay's reading it and trying to work out what the fuck my scribbles mean and just agreeing with it because it's easier but yeah if you do have any questions drop them in if you do have any burning questions drop us a message comment but that's it for the faq so far i will make sure that that is out within the next week or two i've been meaning to do it anyway but i'll get that updated now that we have an official announcement regarding it and talking of announcements if you've followed us on our instagram which if you haven't why aren't you because they got taste well i don't know poor taste if they don't follow us but if you followed our instagram and our facebook pages you will have noticed a small announcement a couple of weeks ago we do have some official sponsors we've got artist opus we have charlie victor we have succubus studios and most recently we have printed players as well and so far we have a variety of prizes with more on the way including uh, trophies possibly some certificates if we have access to a printer if not you might get your name scribbled on a firestorm receipt classy as always but yeah we we are hoping to announce more prizes keep an eye on our social medias because we may be putting a few teasers up we might talk about some of the prizes close to the time in just quick bursts but yeah it's it's shaping up so far to be a good event if you aren't there you are square and you know it's going to be the place to be and before you carry on with your slang and your slogans and just random waffling i want to say thank you to everyone that have donated prizes and sponsored so far it has meant a lot for us because we still see ourselves as the little fish in the big pond of the blood bowl community and the fact that people are you know helping us out has been amazing so a big thank you to printed players big thank you to second bus studio and that team i, I don't want to i I've given too much away already. I, I don't. I don't do. I have. But we. Yes. Yes. I. I leave it there, and I want to say thank you to Charlie Victor because all you guys have done. You know, done amazing work, and the fact that you're willing to work with us as well—that's amazing. And Artist Opus, I'm going to say thank you because they turned on and said 
we want to sponsor Best Painted. So it's a quality company looking out for, you know, the, the artists in the group, not just the best player. So hats off to them. Amazing companies all around. So Absolutely. Um, and as you say, we also have spot prizes as well. Maybe. We have a few things lined up for spot prizes. We have some fantastic goodies to be going in your player packs as well. So keep an eye out for those. It's things that we know you don't get at other events. And you might even get something painted up by Beard HQ in your pack as well. So keep an eye out for that. Plus. I say painted. If you've seen my painting, it'll be done with a five-inch brush and it'll be magnolia emulsion, but it will be painted. Yeah, because you're just a twat bag. So... Well. Right, enough of us waffling. What are we going to do? It was a very short segment. We're going to just disappear for two seconds and then we're going to the proper event of the show, which is going to be we're talking all things Norse. So grab your mankini and your Viking helmet and see us after the break. Hello, my friends. My name is Dan Kirby. I have a very easy to follow and very chilled out painted channel on YouTube where I paint miniatures of all different shapes and sizes. I paint miniatures from all different types of board games, and by using simple tips, tricks, and techniques, it couldn't be easier to follow along. If you enjoy a relaxed painting atmosphere, then please check it out. Right then, guys, we're back. So now we are going to talk Norse. So as we say, every time we do a breakdown, we tend to look at skills when we build a team outside of block and dodge to give people an understanding of what could possibly be taken after you get your initial skills, or if you want to play something a little bit different. But here we go, we've got the Norse team. Their special rules are Lustrian Super League and Old World, World Classic. The class is Tier 1, and if you take these in a tournament setting, it's quite interesting because if you're allowed to take uh, star players, they got access to some cracking star players. Less waffling, let's get on with it. So, Beard, how do you want to do this? But do you want to talk how you build your team first, or do you want to do roster breakdown first? Uh, should we do our usual roster breakdown and then uh, reveal our teams? No worries, but So, I'll tell you what, now that you've made the decision, why don't you start us off with Norse Lightman? So, yep, so the Norse Lightman is your basic everyman on the team. As you said, you can do a little bit of everything. Uh, your Norse Lightman costs you 50,000 gold. And they are movement 6, strength 3, agility 3+, passing 4+, and armor value 8+. And their one basic skill that they come with is block. So we don't have to worry with most of this team about saying don't take block because it's already there. So for my north linemen, because there's a variety of things you can do with these guys, they're not necessarily all going to be on the front line of scrimmage. Primaries I would take would be tackle or kick. I would take catch because they have a 3-up agility, which is just as good as anybody else on the team. You don't necessarily have to have a catcher to be able to catch the ball. I'd possibly also look at stand firm as well, because they're just going to get in the way with block, and they're going to be harder to put down because of it. What skills did you go with with your lineman, Jay? I looked at this, and to be honest, I was like, well, really, for what you need on this team, block is probably the only skill you're going to need, because these are going to be like support, aren't they? more than clearing the line because you've got your throwers, your catchers and your zerkers. So if I had to choose, guard, because these, like I said, these are support pieces. Kick is a good good choice. I wouldn't have gone sure hands, but I think I would have tried strip ball just to be annoying. And then I would have gone wrestle tackle. It's still not a bad combination to put on them as well, if we think about it. If they are being spread out, they can cause a bit of mischief for other teams. You agree with that? I think you're absolutely right because they can fill a variety of roles. There's just there's a lot of things that you can do with these. They're they're not going to be outpaced as standard linemen because most teams are movement six or thereabouts. And again, the agility three plus. There isn't anybody with better agility on the team. So like you say, you can tool them up to do a few different things. Yeah, like I said, you've got a lot of roles in this team, and with the linemen, you can just you short the gaps basically. They they are probably one of my favourite linemen in the game at the moment. Now that we've done that, let's look at the Norse thrower. And I will take this one. So, you can t take up to two Norse throwers. They cost 70,000 gold each. Movement 6, strength 3, agility 3+, passing 3+, armor value 8. Skills they got a block and pass. 
they've got access to general and passing on the primary secondary is agility and strength kind of in line with the lineman it's just they got passing skills in the primary so i I went the boring route i did with this i went uh leader sure hands accurate nerves of steel and if i had to take a, a secondary the only ones that i would have taken is like sidestep or safe hands in case you fumbled the ball what about you beard so i went with it being a passer i thought hail mary pass because you never know when you're going to need to use that late game. Sure hands, because if he's going to be passing the ball, he's most likely going to pick it up in the first place. And secondary, I, I went with guard, because once he's done his job of fetch and give it to somebody else, he's just going to get in the mix and get underfoot, so I figured guard is going to be useful, like you said a little bit earlier. He's just as good as, you, as your lineman for the majority of things, other than a slightly better passing skill, so I took guard on him as a second skill. My thing with it is, because he's your thrower, he's got the ability to have leader, so you get that extra reroll so you can have that one extra re-roll. You've got the good throwing start on him. I would keep him more like a backfield uh, safety. So if somebody does break through, they've still got to contend with that one player. And the fact that he's got block, he's strength three. He's not like, you know, some dense halfling. Or he's not like some nobbler that's been just been left in the back because like he's too soft to do anything. So he's a proper threat in the back row. No, that makes sense. That, that, that's just that me. makes sense. So moving on then, the Norse catcher then is your fastest player at movement seven. Again, strength three, agility three plus, passing five plus, armor value again eight plus. We're sensing a theme here with armor values, and he comes with block and dauntless, which. Dauntless is a choice on a uh, on a catcher, and they are ninety thousand gold pieces each. And again, you can take not two. For me, as he's a catcher, first thing I put on there was catch. I then looked at sprint and sure feet because you know if I'm going to be throwing the ball at him and he's going to be catching the ball, I want to make sure he can get that a little bit further if I need him to get over the line. And then secondaries, I was a bit stuck here with what to do here, so I went with grab because I figured if he's got dauntless, if I ever have to take on a big guy and he fails, I can use grab to push him towards other guys might get a second attempt to putting the big guy down what did you do with your nose catcher Jay when you skilled him up see you know I love this because we've got a different way of looking at things but then obviously some things are too obvious that pair of us jump in on it so I went catch sprint and show feet but I thought sidestep just to make him annoying yeah possibly nerves of steel could be a good skill because then it negates like how many people are covering him and then for secondaries i was thinking outside the box a bit better why not chuck mighty blow on him why not chuck thick skull because nobody's going to expect it from the catcher are they juggernaut you would really fuck with somebody's uh block game yeah i just thought you know what let's have a bloody laugh if we're playing him like isn't it? as with most players on this team it's another utility piece that can fill a variety of roles the decent movement the decent agility and coming with block but at ninety thousand, you can still tool him up to do different things without it being too much bloke. Yeah, he's your kamikaze pilot on the team, yes. Yeah. He's the piece that uh, he's going to be a Leroy Jenkins splits in Let's go into Ulfs, is it? Ulfs, yeah. You could take up to two Ulfs. They're 105,000 gold each. Movement 6, Strength 4, Agility 4+, plus, no passing skills, 9 plus armor value. The only skill they come with is Frenzy. They have the primary access of General and uh, Strength, Secondary of Agility. I was a little bit stumped with the Ulf winners because I didn't really see how they were different to the Bazookas, which you'll probably go over in a minute. Because they felt like they'd done the same role. Considering they're more expensive, they felt unreliable. If I'm being honest, these are probably one of the ones I would quickly chuck block on. They're expensive to replace. I, I decided these would be a good one for tackle, wrestle, strip ball, pro. You can possibly have their own personal reroll and then a secondary of sidestep and sprint to show a feet just to get them within threat range. Like I said, like I, said I saw more value in another positioner than these guys, but like you've told me before, there is a way to use them and it's distraction. They can entice people to go after them and then make gaps where you can perhaps take advantage so yeah they have got their role they are the highest strength player so it's make do with it as you 
as you will. Bien, how would you have kitted out your offs, bud? Again, I was a bit of a loss with these, because they don't come with block standard, which you would like them to do, and we're steering clear of block. And I was like, you're only going to blitz with one piece of turn. You're not going to be blitzing with both of them, so there's no point gearing both of them up as straight out and out blitzers. So I figure Juggernaut is useful for if you do blitz. Mm -hmm. If you get both down, you can just push and go again, because of frenzy. Grab is useful if you're not blitzing, you can push them where you want them. I figured strength four, I'm gonna want them somewhere getting in the way, so I thought jump up, take a tip from the Zerkers. And I took sidestep. I was really struggling to think of a second secondary that would be useful for them outside of block and dodge. Yeah. But I think sidestep would be useful because if, again, you're getting them in the way or your opponent puts them down when you're trying to get them somewhere more useful, sidestep will help you with that. Yeah, I get why they're there as an ulf, but I just think what they offer, Berserkers, do better. I think the problem with the Ulf spot is you want to throw them into something because they got the higher armor value. If somebody punches back, you've got to try and get through a higher arm, higher strength, so you don't need to like commit more than one one person to a tackle or whatever. Yeah. But there is a redundancy in that position because, like we've said, it's berserkers to fill the position better. I wouldn't be surprised uh, when the new Norse team comes out. We've seen the Eddie. I I wouldn't be surprised if something changes where perhaps the Berserkers and the Ulfs merge position. I wouldn't be surprised because they are basically the same position but instead of having two separate ones bump, just bump them up to four just pick one bump it up to four yeah i agree this is a position as well that I don't think you would do with the secondary you just you could fill up on just general on them couldn't you yeah fill up on primaries because there's enough that are useful I, I think for me i normally say i like to take all the toys with a team i genuinely think with this team you won't necessarily need both ulfs if that makes sense because as we said the zerker does it better and we'll come on to the Berserker next. But yeah, I, I think they're in a bit of an odd place. And as you say, I think they may well change in this edition. Even if it's just they get access to more skills or they come with something on top of Frenzy. I think they will come with something. I, I just wish they would do something more, personally. Yeah. It's just one of those things, especially when you've got a team that's full of block. And they're a Frenzy position that doesn't have access to block straight off the bat. It kind of leaves you in a little bit of a weird position. Yeah. Do I throw my more reliable piece with support from the linemen or do I keep my ulfs to do it but if there's a risk that at least one of those four dice as I'm rolling it's going to have a skull or what a skull or both down and i got to take the uh, chance with it like you know so yeah absolutely play your preference at the end of the day so let's see how it goes so next up then we have as we've been mentioning the Norse Berserker again note two of these and they are again movement six strength three agility three plus Slightly worse passing than the majority of the team on a 5+. plus. Same armour as most, 8+. plus, And they come with block, frenzy and jump up. And they are 90,000 gold pieces a pop. And for me, these are your blitzers. Because of jump up, even if they go down, they're going to be just as useful because of jump up. Now, for me, I first went tackle and guard. And then I realised, because of the jump up, they could also be useful as a ball carrier. So I went sprint and show feet again because that jump up could well help you in a time where you've got a guy down breeze within range. Jump up, sprint and show feet could be a useful combination. But like you say, because they have block and jump up, I think that makes up for them only being strength three compared to strength four with the Ulfs and being 15,000 gold cheaper as well. You add a primary on and you're only 5,000 points more than the Ulf. Oh yeah for a lot more utility. Yeah, it's the block skill will save you a lot more than what most people would like to admit because of the way the dice are like, you know. Yeah. It's a shame you only get two of them, but then like we said is who do you com commit to be your proper blitzer? Do you use your berserkers for early league? And then once you've got a couple of skills on your oaths, they become the blitzers because they're the stronger component. And then your berserkers like your mob up. Yeah, so if I'm going to go on my Berserkers then, because we said they strength three, Dauntless, so perhaps that would help. Tackle, Guard if you're next to another Berserker and you just want to like tag team someone. And like you said, Sprint Show Feet, it gives them a longer threat range. They go from being a threat of six 
movement to like nine possibly that's a nice chunk of the board where they can piss off the opponent yeah like i said it's not a lot of secondaries i would take on this team a lot of their usefulness is like their primaries it is ways that you can entertain yourself with it but it's a very weird position on the team it's like one of those ones where you just want to go mostly primary yeah should we finish this uh breakdown then with the big guy himself for the team who has recently been leaked with the new model by GW. The big the big Yeti himself. Yeah, Yeti's he's your big guy, so you're only getting one of them. He's a hundred and forty thousand gold. Movement five, strength five, agility five plus, no passing, nine plus armor, skills, he comes with claws, disturbing presence, frenzy, loan of hope plus, an unchanneled fury. Primary is a strength. Secondary is agility in general. What do, what do you say about this guy? He's your big guy. He's there to run into the line of scrimmage and throw people into the knockout box, possibly the dead pile, isn't it? So That's what you want him to do. Whether they behave or not is a different question. Well, to be honest, right, I think Unchanneled Fury is not as bad as what people think. I can't remember off the top of my head. Do they still keep their tackle zones or do they lose them? Might have still downstairs in your bag. Two seconds. Let me have a look. He has the 2 plus if he's doing a block or a blitz. He needs a 4 plus to do his activation if he's not blocking or blitzing. And it does not say that he loses his tackle zone. There we go then. So, yeah, isn't the fact that he uh, he can have rounds where he doesn't do anything, but he's more than often than not, he's doing something, isn't he? Because yeah. you, you want him to blitz, you want him to block. You're not usually going to just use him to move about and be support, do you? Especially with claws. If you're going against a high armor team, everything's eight plus then, isn't it? How I looked at this guy is if you are putting him on the line of scrimmage, guard, because then he's helping people around him. Because he's not going to be your first activation, is he? He's going to be one of your last, yep. isn't it? So guard is useful. Stand firm just to make him more of a ball ache. Mighty blow, because I can't see Mighty Blow on him, and I think he's one of the few big guys that don't get it. Correct, yeah. So you need it just because you've got the loaner 4 plus pro because that's easier to get off than the 4 plus loaner. He's your nasty piece that's going in and feeding on people's ball sacks in these. So oh, absolutely. That's how I've built him is you you want him to make victims out of people he plays against. So how would you make you a guy, bud? Funnily enough, I was thinking along the same lines because what a shot. they're pretty unreliable due to Unchanneled Fury. I was thinking guard and stand firm to start off with. Like you say, last activation. I went with tackle because, again, if he's a last activation and he's just in the way and people are trying to get away from him because of claws, frenzy and what have you, tackle could well be useful. I went juggernaut because that could again be handy. Again, we were avoiding block, like you say, that's the usual one that people go for with this big guy. I went mighty blow and again, like you, I looked at pro because it's easier than the loan of four plus. You're finally coming around to that then, you It's taking you a while to admit that This one. particular big guy, yes. The unsung hero of his skills though for me is disturbing presence because it's not one people expect. You expect it when you're playing Nurgle or you expect it with goblins when they've got secret weapons and all the other crazy contraptions they have but not a yeti going nah you're not hitting me son and then you get to hit your back next turn you want to pay the ugly tax before you hit them on the nose so exactly but no I, I I watch so many games online where the common mistake is we'll take a yeti and we'll go first with the yeti it just doesn't work because that's the game plan use the yeti to make a gap just because he's got frenzy and then you have a norse berserker that's strength three that has block and frenzy or you have an ulf that you've given block at strength four both more reliable because they don't have to deal with loner. But the thing is, as well, right, why I like Disturbing Presence is because even if he's, like, sat in the middle of the field on his own and there's two blocks of scrums going on either side of him, you could just let him stand there because if somebody goes, well, I'm going to try and make a gap, I'm going to try and gang up on this friggin' uh, Yeti, if they declare Blitz and fail the uh, Disturbing Presence, that's it, that's, that's players just standing like a lemon then and he's too scared to move because he's shitting his pants because the Yeti's picking his nose or something absolutely and then whoever that person is dragged in then to support the blitz or whatever that yet he could just punch the fuck out of him he's more useful than a lot of other big guys close and mighty blow isn't a thing anymore yeah you say it's not a thing anymore like you can't double up yeah it's viable because you've got 
help on the armor value could help on the you know the injury roll i think when people say it's not there anymore it doesn't work it does work it's actually if anything it's safer for your rolling like you know because yeah, it's, it's just not the it's not the auto click dilly it used to be yeah you could spunk all your rolls on the first one and and then you want to try and get help on the next one then you know you got to try and roll high so it just gives you that little bit of uh, a chance, like, so... Exactly. I kind of like the way it's spread out now. It makes it, like, to me, it's helping my roles. But then again, as I always say, my roles are shit. But, like we said, it's, I think he's probably one of the better big guys. And I think what we'll have to do one episode is not do a team breakdown, but we're going to have to do a big guy breakdown, I think. It's just going, who's our top five big guys? Yeah. I'll just have a little chat about that. I, I agree with that. I think if anybody wants to hear that, let us know. If they got their own opinions about the big guys, drop us an email, drop us a message on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Be it where they find our information, but. So you can find us on social medias, so Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, by looking up Tier 3 Podcast. Our email address is tier3podcast at outlook.com. And you may notice that we are starting to post more frequently on Instagram with regular hobby updates, and we're hoping to keep that rolling. So you've remembered the password, basically, then, is it? Somehow. You've had access to Facebook for ages. He was the main Facebook uh, contributor, yet you you won't put anything on there anymore he's just going instagram instagram's the way forward baby it's the new hot shit (laughs) but moving moving swiftly on about me being a luddite teams how are we setting these up in terms of 11s and 7s so we'll start with 11s jay how would you start how i would look at it is straight away two re-rolls because i'm banking on another player getting skilled up pretty quickly to get leader so that player would be a thrower i would also take two berserkers Two catchers, four linemen, and because I can, two wolves. Just try and work out how to fucking use them. It does leave me with 40,000 petty cash, so I wouldn't know if I could just put that mostly into cheerleaders or assistant coach, or do I keep that and try and save up for a Yeti? How about you, Matt? So I went, again, two re-rolls. I went Yeti, two Ulfs, two Berserkers, and then six linemen, so 11 players. And because I don't trust Armour 8, I went early with the Apothecary and chucked that straight in for a straight-up 1 million TV team, leaving nothing left over. But like yourself, I am banking on somebody getting leader or pro somewhere for an extra re-roll if I need it. You still see a lot of value in the apothecaries then, is it? Yes. To me, you see, it's because of the way they said the injury roll now, where it seems to be a lot easier to get certain injuries. I don't see the value in the apothecary anymore. He doesn't feel like the safe bet as much as he was. No, that's a good list, but... If anybody's got a different way of setting up a Norse team, please get in contact and let us know, and we will address your team then on the next episode, isn't it? Absolutely. You've forgotten to tell us how you do your sevens team. I haven't forgotten how to do my sevens team, because me and you have spoken, and me and you have got exactly the same sevens team, so I think you should tell people how we both would have set up the sevens team. So this this is either we're thinking on the same wavelength and we both really know what we're doing, which would be an absolute first. I was going to say, that's not us. It's not. They say that if you stick a thousand chimpanzees in a room with typewriters, eventually they'll write Shakespeare. Yeah, but chimpanzees are smarter than us. Yeah, yeah, there is that. Good point. Yeah, we've written exactly the same team. So two wolves, two berserkers, four linemen, no starting re-rolls. And that gets you at 590 TV, leaving you 10,000 treasury for building up for toys later on. We have banked on block on six out of your eight players frenzy on four of them so useful jump up again being on your berserkers and movement six everywhere so you've got decent movement across the team for pitch control seven is a weird one right because i always like the thought of having a team where you can control a pace without a thrower but with the norse attack we're on such a small pitch i think actual pitch control would be better unlike an elf that can just like jump around throw and dance these guys can just like single players out just pick them off player by player until it's harder for them to actually do shit then and so I think that's us done, but that's the whole segment talking Norse. And we are going to hit the music now and we're going to do the end of the show. Hello, Blood Bowl Grud here. Are you looking for a new pair of boots for your Blood Bowl game? Well, why not try a new Orchidas Tier 3s? Every size from Snotling to Ogre. And the guarantee is Stamp. And the elf is gone. Oh, we all hate war dancers, don't we? Right guys, 
this is the end of the show. So we're going to be talking hobby and saying our goodbyes. So, Beard, what have you been doing in the last month, hobby-wise? So, in the last month, hobby-wise, I finished my Chaos Dwarfs, got them fully based, played around with Milliput and made a mess of my new cutting mat. Got to use Green Stuff World Roller. They look great. I've had some really nice feedback on those, so those are ready to rock and roll for events or leagues. As you've now packed away your Black Oaks for a little while... Before you go on to the Black Oaks, mm-hmm. can I ask you a quick question? Fire away. You said you got the Green Stuff World Roller, is it? Yeah. So, how do you use that then? For the people that haven't looked... I haven't used it but I'm looking to use that type of thing what's the type of thing that you got to do with that then so you need some form of clay set so something like Milliput Green Stuff World obviously other brands are available I used Milliput White because that's what I was going to use for a different project and I just thought sod it I'll try it on this because I've got it as with any two part mix you mix them together and roll them out roll it out relatively thin it's one of the things I change I would actually make something like a little jig on my desk so I roll them all out evenly next time roll it so it's relatively flat and then you just roll the green stuff world roller over the top pretty much like a rolling pin Brit imprints the design i got a basic large cobblestone one whereas my missus has a paisley one for her clay hobby work Oh, right, so you need to roll the milliput then before you use the, the roller for the bases then, is it? Yes. So you, you roll it relatively flat first, and then you don't need too much pressure with the Green Stuff World roller. What I would suggest is keep the roller itself relatively wet. I'd also suggest doing it on baking paper, because it'll be then easier to cut into the base shapes when you need to cut them out, because I did it directly on, on my cutting mat and found it a little bit difficult to remove from the, the mat, so I would do it next time on a piece of uh, baking paper or parchment paper the other thing i heard it's also like the same as work with green stuff put put a bit of vaseline on the mat because if you work with small amounts i'd not given that a go yeah it's a, I, I wouldn't suggest it for like a massive mat if you're rolling out like 16 different bases if you're working with a small amount perhaps try a little bit of vas to keep it from sticking to the absolutely I'd, I'd i'd give that tip a go i'd not seen it before but made a mess of my cutting mat i'd certainly give it a go but yeah i i made all those bases myself i used some of the army paint a tuft to cut them smaller just just because I went to look like a few blades of grass had come up and rotted away. I used some foam sort of undergrowth moss just in some of the recesses, things like that. But they, yeah, they were, they're probably the team that I'm most proud of the paint job on now because I learned quite a few new techniques with those. Finished those off, put them on Instagram. Quite a few people have liked those. The the Green Stuff Roller, it was about eight quid. And if you're in, uh, doing all that sort of stuff and you don't know where to start with Green Stuff itself, bases is probably one of the simpler things to do with them, with it, because it is a really simple technique about eight ten quid for a decent size roller that's cool that's cool i think green stuff world is what Owen recommended to me because i was on about if i ever picked up a lizard man team i wanted to do something like a mossy boggy base and he said green stuff world uh amazing for doing like basin stuff so i perhaps i might check them out because they do a lot of like uv lights and stuff like that don't they for doing water effect resin they do I would also recommend AK Interactive as well. I've got I've got two of their different water effect stuff, and I used those on my Nerg. Did a couple of test models on a couple of months ago, and they are really nice water effects. Yeah, well, I I got two types of them. I got the a muck to like um the Sterling Mud a GW, but it's, it's a lot nicer than the GW stuff. And then that's all the the bogs that I was doing my crew boys in. Oh yes, that I got that swamp green, but I would just layer it up a bit. So AK are really good, but the range is I would say is a little bit more limited than Green Stuff World, isn't it? So it is. It's certainly more limited, but I would say AK Interactive stuff is more for your hardcore diorama. Yeah, I was just about to say that. You beat me to it. Whereas Green Stuff World is aimed specifically at miniatures, putting stuff on bases. That's not to say you can't do display bases with it, but like AK Interactive, you look at a lot of their products and they show you guides online of, say, I don't know, making World War II diorama of a van where somebody's changing a, a wheel on a car, for instance. Or they show you videos of a river scene. Yeah. Things like that. Whereas Green Stuff World is more for your gaming hobbyists. That's not to say you can't mix the two. There's some really nice stuff on it interactive and on green stuff world but yeah moving on from the chaos dwarfs you've packed away your black oaks and with william minnie's goblin soon to be on the way i have picked up we hope we hope I've picked up my Black Oak team and I am cracking on with getting my team underway. I've just laid down some base colours. Got a bit more base colouring to do yet before I start actually getting down to the fun stuff. I'll be doing metallic yellow armour. I'll be carrying that metallic yellow across these goblins, the regular oak team and potentially snotling 
things, as in like on the trolls, when I get round to that. But that's that's some way off, is that? Uh, what have you been up to, hobby wise? Before I get into my hobby stuff, I've just been reminded that when this episode goes out, there's going to be two new star players available because you've been speaking goblins. We've got Fungus the Loon and yep. Bomber Dribble Snot, and they're both coming out in the next week or two. Yep. So they will be out for everyone to be using, so I hope they are decent. Out of the two of us, I would know. I think you were the one that knows, because isn't it you picked up the Almanac? I did indeed. Do you want to give everyone a brief review of the Almanac? So, my review of the Almanac is, if you've been up to date on all the spikes, you don't really need the Almanac, because most of what's in it is literally just the spikes. But once you get past all the spike stuff, so it literally has all the reprints of the spikes, then have... Yeah. You have something about all star games where it's you literally play teams of just star players. The big takeaway from that is the main rule of thumb is you put all the names in a hat and you just draw them two at a time each and all the star players lose loner for that game and you get two rerolls. Would that be a sevens game then or would... No, that's that's elevens. You I suppose you could do it as sevens, but I think it's aimed at elevens. Is there enough star players? to be able to do 22 men on the pitch I think there's 22 star players certainly when you look at the star players that are included in this as well I I think there are 22 at least there you go then I've got the list when you include the twins of Grack and Crumblebury and the Swift twins anybody that comes in twos according to this there's at least 30 star players so yeah you can do it but would you have to take the Swift twins together yes it does say that any that you draw as part of a pair you keep as a pair so if you to draw one of the Swift twins you get the other Swift twin or if you draw Grack or Crumblebury right, okay. you get their partner in crime but their teams the way that they've drawn them it looks like a straight mix of punch up and some very very dodgy players and when I say dodgy as in the dodge skill but I'd give a, a star player game a go just for shits and giggles one night and then there's some more about league rules so there's some if you wanted to sign a star player at the start of each league for instance how does that work then but because I heard you and Snare Bear talking about that and how would that work is it you've got to pay the star player points every game or does you just pay that at the beginning no, so at the start of the season, you may sign a single star player to your roster. It doesn't cost any gold, so the star player is free. However, they are they are unique. So if you were lucky enough to sign Morg for your team, Morg will not play for any other team throughout that league. Once all the teams have been submitted, the league commissioner basically puts all the participating teams into a hat or other receptacle and drawn one by one, right? along with a star player that is eligible to play for their team. Once it's been drawn out, they can't play for any other team for the entirety of the season. Star players may never be fired because... Obviously, the financial ramifications for firing Morg. I think it would be more a case of he'd kill the rest of your team or whatever you had left of them. So I wouldn't worry about the financial ramifications. I'd be more worried about the rest of your team. If you are unable to choose any eligible star players, because every star player that could play for you has already been chosen, you may select a currently unsigned star player, even if they couldn't normally play for you, which could result in some weird combinations. So, for instance, Creek playing for Elves. Be overkill, wouldn't it? It would. Don't pay any gold pieces to sign your star player, but they do contribute to your team value so if you are lucky enough to get Morg or Deep Root or one of the expensive ones it ups your team value so your opponent may get additional prayers to Nuffle and so on unsigned star players can be signed as normal throughout the season for one-off games as an inducement right okay do you see a lot of leagues going to be allowing that or I don't know I think there's still a lot of fallout from like we spoke of events last year and this year where you know, some events are now banning Morg and Griff some events are saying that only stunted teams can take star players and so on I think while they're still levelling things out I can see a lot of leagues not bothering with that I think it'd be a nice twist I think some leagues will some won't I think our league was a little bit too late I think if it had been out maybe six weeks beforehand we might possibly have done I don't see because the problem we've got is this is me now just talking about about our league and I don't know how this is going to translate for other people but I think a lot of us play a similar type of team but we have a similar star player pool but yep. I think and when, when we go to like say tournaments and it's like you, you're a tier 2 team you can't take star players you're a tier 1 team you can't take it sadly there's some teams that need it need a point equivalent of one yeah like might need a big guy or something like that because it's the yeah they might be tier two and they might they might be a good bash team but they're not good at anything else they can't pick up not be able to pick up the ball they might struggle moving so they need that person to balance them out if they are signed off from a league you, yeah that's a very limited pool to choose from then isn't it so you trial and error at the end of the day and you gotta try it out 
See see what fits. If it doesn't fit, you don't have to use it again, do you? So. Absolutely. I think it's something that our league might try. Our commissioner, as we said a little bit earlier, gave you 18 star player points to distribute as you wish. Start of the league. So if you wanted to spunk that into one and make it a star player, yeah, or-ish, you could do. Yeah, but that's different to... This is this is me now, being devil's advocate. That's different to I'm isolating a star player. Oh, absolutely it is. Because you know there could be some people that turn around and say, right, do you know what? We'll have a roll-off for if somebody's done both want to go for the same star player. If it was me and I don't have to pay the points for it, of course I'm going to turn around and say, oh, I, I want Morg. I want Morg. Because then you could isolate him from other people who's there. Or you could, t- or you could turn around and go, ah, oh, fuck, is going to really rely on Hackflem. I'll, I'll isolate Hackflem. I mean, even if I don't play him, even if I don't play him for a whole season, nobody else can. Yeah. But it's I think there's slight abuse issues that could be involved in it. So, oh, don't get me wrong. I I know GW Racer team is never is never the intention to abuse the system, but they they never produced rules that are OP or anything like that. They they've never had a track history of it, but they do get broken. They do get bent. For me, I don't think it's intended as that. I genuinely think that this is intended as the ninth era blood bowl of it's meant to be shits and giggles yeah and i i think that this is aimed at people who they play more casual leagues do you know what i mean they play they play like we play we've got some competitive players in the club but we also have players who winning isn't everything you know but yeah they also have a couple of star players returning so barrack farblast is back yes we saw his model on the community page a couple of weeks ago didn't we we did creeks in there the new one uh we got fungus saloon is back as is bomber dribble snot so griff and his gobbles will be happy that two of his star players are returning. Oh, I tell you what, it's not it's not the ones we want, but it's not there's no ripper that we can make do. You know, it's. Uh, I think Ripper's coming. I think Ripper will be in a future spike because. Of course, he's going to be. His stats are in Blood Bowl three. He wouldn't be in Blood Bowl three without GW say so. So he's he's going to be back at some point. He's going to be back. He's but it's just saying when and it's you know it's yeah. He was he well he was the Goblin Deep Root when he so yeah he was he was the reliable one there absolutely. The next thing is some about multiplayer Dungeon Bowl, which we're yet to give regular Dungeon Bowl a go. So I don't really have a judgment on that I like the idea of it because you know Dungeon Bowl is even more mental than regular Blood Bowl and if you can get more people involved in it as we've played a game of four player Death Bowl why not yeah of course the actual named referees that were in the starter pack which I think is quite cool bit about blocking a referee and the referee giving you a good punch back if it goes wrong Um, so far then this almanac is the same as all the other ones then if you kept up with the spikes you don't really need it pretty much yeah I I missed a few spikes so for me it was it covered that off did you pick up any of the previous almanacs or no I, I think i got one just as sort of when i was getting into it just so that i had a copy of it but yeah i didn't really pay as much attention as i probably should have done at the time to it here's the problem i got right and i don't know whether there's other people in this problem i tend to because of the show i pick up the spikes so i make sure that i've got a copy of a spike so i can talk about it on the show but i'm always up to date on that but i did used to collect the almanacs I think I I'm missing issue one at the moment. You know that like for the first year of Blood Bowl, and if anybody's got a good deal on that, please let me know because I just need that to collect. You know the first season of Almanacs. Mm. So this is like the first Almanac of the second season, and I'm like, do I want to go down that road and just say I got two seasons of these books, or should I just like to worry? And I think there might be a few people in that in that court as well because I'm like, I can just keep on buying and buying these books, and they just all they gotta do is take up space because if I got the spikes I'm not going to take my almanac out am I I'm going to I'll take my spikes it's easier to chuck it in my bag if you know what I mean so if anybody's actually got a, is looking to get rid of one at a good price let me know and we can sort something out but that's enough of my my shilling for books so is there anything else you want to discuss uh, no that about cosy what have you been getting up to hobby wise right well hobby wise I have been getting ready for Cardiff Cup which surprised to no one because of my limited painting time I've decided to take corn because I thought if I'm going to rock the bottom tables I'm going for the wooden spoon because there's going to be some amazing players at this event I know I'm not going to get past like you know the bottom tier so I'm just going to have a fucking laugh a rock out with my cock out type thing don't give a shit so I thought corn that could be a laugh because like it doesn't matter then if I frenzy myself into a fucking oblivion I'm having a whale of a time so I've decided I because I got the extra gold I'm going to take a blood spawn I'm going to take four corn goes four blood seekers and two linemen I think I got two re-rolls in that as well I've had a couple of games with them on this thing where I've tried a few different skills, but block is quite useful. I might try another 
pattern of uh, skills before deciding because we've still got a couple of weeks until we've got to nail down our actual submission yep. so I might give that a try but they didn't do too bad against Kemri because the other game you watched because you were playing next to me somehow that game just worked and Corn came into its own I think I played the perfect Corn game and it's probably going to be the only time I've ever played a Corn a perfect Corn game or perfect any type of game the fucking Bloodsport was deleting fucking players left right and centre and it was shocking because I've never really rated the Bloodsport very well have I no I've always said it's overpriced shit for what it does doesn't really have a lot of flavour but it done its job and I think because the, re- the rest of the team it, t- it took out I think three Tomb Guardians at one point yep you know so it was it was taken off high priced players and my Bloodseekers were attacking the rest of the team but it was like I'm, I'm knocking them down knocking them off and they, they're out for two turns and stuff like that so it was like it was proper ticking over because it was an average uh, armour value team and I think that's where if Corn goes against another team like I say Corn versus Norse that's going to be a fucking amazing back and forth if you go against Goblins it, it's too much of a shit kicker I think Necromantic could be another good good team Yeah, but you stick them against a high armor team so like you stick them against Dwarves you stick them against Orcs Black Orcs you're going to have a tougher time to take them out and get the advantage of the players so I thought yeah I just could have fun fuck it I could do with another wooden spoon so we'll see how it goes and at this moment I am trying to paint everything up to a wash standard I think that's going to be my standard to get to the thing so I've got I still got a fair way to go it's going to be a nail biter but as we've been recording this show I have been painting some models as well so you will probably hear me uh, tapping my water pot as well so not a lot's been happening on my front and I think you've said about you a bit as well so before we go let me remind you that we have an affiliate link with firestorm games and that's going to be in the description below if you are interested in a team from uh, printed players we have a discount code code tier three am i right beard yep is it the number three or is it type three the number three the number three again that will be in the description if you got any questions about commission painting coop and drag because we got the reserve list coming up as well or if you just want to like send us a question don't hesitate to contact us and beard remind everyone how do they contact us bud so you can contact us through twitter facebook and instagram just looking up tier three podcast on instagram you'll also find me and jay linked with our personal accounts where we update hobby as well you can email us at tier three podcast at outlook.com right and with that being said guys we will see you in the next episode so thank you for spending this time with us so it's a goodbye from me and it's a goodbye from me and we will see you in the next episode so long bye